millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Secret Library Podcast is brought to you in part by our amazing Patreon community. To help support the show and get monthly solo episodes even between seasons, check out patreon.com slash secretlibrary. I want to send a special thank you and shout out to everyone who has been to secretlibrarypodcast.com slash review. If you haven't been there yet, please drop on by and leave a rating and review. It really helps other people to find the show. This is the Secret Library Podcast. Welcome to Season 3, The Nourished Writer. My guest today is Helen Redfern, a self-confessed, unconfident writer. Every day, she pushes herself to become braver with her writing and creativity. She's been online for 14 years, blogging, writing articles, and creating inspiring content on Instagram and on YouTube. More recently, she's become a mentor for other creatives looking for gentle help with creativity and being online. She's currently working on a novel and lives in the English countryside. I knew I wanted to have Helen on because many of you who were a part of the Quarantine Writers Retreat earlier in the spring of 2020 heard me mentioning Helen all the time. Her YouTube channel was a huge source of comfort and support to me early on in our time at home this past year. And her planning and organizing and tracking her writing was incredibly soothing to watch and also helped me to see ways towards goals. It just felt reliable. And at the same time, between the point when we booked this episode and when we recorded it, Helen took a bit of an online sabbatical and realized that she wanted to approach her time online differently, that she had different feelings about how she was showing up in the social media spaces and that she wanted to change that. And in doing that experiment, it shifted all of her relationship to her writing. And I was so excited about this that that's what we ended up talking about. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It was a big revelation to me to hear about Helen's experience stepping back from social media, even though she still maintains a presence there. So how do we take care of our writing selves at the same time as we need to be visible? I think this is a really important question and one we will definitely be returning to in the future. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. I'm delighted to introduce Helen Redfern. Hey, Helen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute delight. Oh, well, it has been so soothing as part of this year to be able to watch videos that you've made about planning and organizing your writing life. 
So thank you for that. I've definitely recommended them to another uh, many people. And at the same time, I know you and I have chatted a bit about the tension between being visible about your writing process and then also needing to protect your privacy with your writing process. And so I thought maybe we could start there with that line that is so tricky to hold because uh, I thought you'd have thoughts. This, this is a big one. And um, oh my goodness, I, I almost don't know where to start because I have been documenting my process via my blog and then in the last few years more so with Instagram um, of my writing and Instagram and blogging have both been brilliant for me. They have given me confidence. They have allowed me to explore different topics that I never knew I would want to write about. And I have learned lots of technical skills, such as how to create videos and things like that, which in turn has fed my confidence with my writing. So in that respect, it has been a brilliant, brilliant thing for me to do. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, um, in the last, I would say my thought processes were starting to change prior to this year. So prior to the whole COVID and lockdown and it probably started maybe in 2018 and I was starting to journal things and I've always been a bit of a journaler but I kind of journaled my thoughts on my blog now I was starting to journal things privately so that meant I had no filters and I could just just splurge whatever I wanted to say or whatever I was thinking. And a lot of the time, these things were completely random until they did start to come together. And like I say, I st my, my shift with Instagram and being so public started last year. And the sort of things I used to create for Instagram was lots of um, videos about my chickens, my ducks. We had three acres and I had essentially the good life and people would love to watch that. I mean, it's a different subject here, whereas people love to watch that, but they didn't know I was a writer and mm. they didn't know I was writing a novel. So that's a whole other thing to explore, really. Um, but... I, or we as a family, this was one of the reasons we decided to move house because um, having all that land, having all those chickens, those ducks meant that I wasn't completely committed to my dreams, which was to be a writer and to have a writing business. And uh, having all that land, and the chickens and the ducks meant I would procrastinate. 
So it's a long story here, but I am getting <laughs> to to um, the whole fine line. So I would share lots of things like that. Then we moved house and someone made a comment to me where they said, oh, Helen, I didn't know you'd written a novel. And I mean, it's not published, but I've written a novel. And um, I thought, well, what am I doing here on Instagram if I'm not showing that I am a writer? Um, so I started to share more of my writing. And I don't just mean in the caption below. I would show it on my desk. I would show my writing process. I would do um, time lapses of me writing and things like that. And there, and so we get to the beginning of this year. And then lockdown happened. And things started to change. And it I was journaling throughout this and I was writing lots and lots of different things about where I could see my writing going, where um, I could see my writing as a business going. Um, but also in those pages were things like, I really don't want to be on Instagram. Mm. And this, it was just one line. And then I didn't really look into it a little bit more, a little bit. So these thoughts were going on in, on in my head. And I remember driving to, I don't know whether I was driving from my old house to my new house or something along that road and thinking, wouldn't life be a lot simpler if I wasn't on Instagram? But none of these things I did anything about, none of these thoughts I did anything about until, like I say, lockdown. And um, very sadly, a family friend, a dear family friend of my parents, he passed away a couple of months into lockdown. It wasn't COVID related, but it was sudden. And I think it was around June time. And I thought, I'm going to come off Instagram for a week. So I came off Instagram for a week. And then I found... I was working more, I was writing more. And all those confused thoughts that were in my journal and in my head started to come together. And over those weeks, I mean, I said I was gonna take a week off Instagram. It's turned out to be what, that was in June. It's now towards the end of the year. I've been on Instagram twice during that time. And I, have managed to see a clear path that I want to go on with my writing. I, when I am writing, I, for example, I write essays and the most recent essay I wrote, I wrote in one sitting and managed to get all my thoughts down straight away. Whereas in the past, it's taken me two, three, four drafts to do that, or I would write, say, 500 words at a time, and it would, you know, build together quite slowly. But this time, I did it just like that. And it was because I wasn't picking up my phone. I wasn't recording the process for Instagram stories, and it's particularly Instagram stories. Um, and it wasn't... Um, or it was allowing me to focus and to get into that really deep work 
and really concentrate. And and that's when I thought, do you know what? I'm staying off Instagram because um, I was just getting so much more done. And suddenly, I say suddenly, but this is obviously over the uh, over a period of a couple of years and getting through a lot of notebooks through my journaling. But I began to see what my purpose was. I began to get a clear idea of what my goal was. And I could see what projects I could do underneath those goal and goals and underneath the purpose. And it all became, well, I became less stressed. So if we think about a few years ago when I was trying to do everything, so I was trying to create videos for YouTube. I was trying to upload between five and 12 or 15 stories a day on Instagram. I was trying to write my blog. I was trying to write my essays on Patreon. And I was trying to write my novel. And I would get to the end of the day thinking, what have I been doing all day? I don't feel I've achieved anything. And my chest would be tight from shallow breathing, you know. So you take these big, deep breaths. But because I... I was busy, but I wasn't being productive. So, and this is because, it's not primarily, but this is one of the reasons was because I was flitting between Instagram and my writing. And I was in, essentially, I was multitasking. And I think for me, for me personally, if I want to write and get decent words written, I cannot multitask. I have to be completely 100% focused. It's like I can't, I should have known this really, but I can't write if I've got music on. I can't write if I can hear people talking. Um, I write best when I've got either complete silence or I have um, like a rainstorm going on in my headphones that you can get on YouTube and things like that. So, yeah, I I was pursuing an Instagram strategy of being seen as a writer, but this meant I was not writing effectively. So I decided to, to back off and... Um, and not to share so much. This, I mean, I don't not share. I still have my newsletter, I still have my Patreon, I still have my blog, but I'm not picking my phone up every 10 minutes to document what I'm actually doing in that particular moment in time. And it's been, it's changed, it's changed everything really. Oh, that's so powerful. <laughs> it's so powerful because we have this belief structure, I think, that's put on us as writers, especially those, you know, if you're writing nonfiction and you're putting together a proposal, mm. part of the proposal now is what is your platform? Like who is Absolutely. watching what you're doing? So there's Absolutely. so much pressure, even, you know, the longer we go on like this, the more pressure there is on writers to both be able to write the book and also be able to promote the book even if you're not publishing independently. I mean, yes, of course. Absolutely. And it just, to me, I have noticed my attention span getting fractured, mm -hmm. getting to levels of stress where I have difficulty finishing a sentence, um, just feeling not able to be fully present and it hurts yeah. my writing. And so yeah. 
that, as you're saying, I feel increasingly we have to choose, you know, do I want to be insta-famous? Do I want to be known for being a writer or do I want to actually be a writer? Because I don't know, I'm over 40, maybe that's part of it, but like I, I am increasingly having trouble doing both. I, I'm absolutely. And bear in mind that the reason why I started on Instagram in the first place was to give myself a platform. I had been taken on by a literary agent and I had this nonfiction proposal to do with food in fiction. And um, we were sending it out to publishers, but the publishers weren't interested because I wasn't Jamie Oliver. I wasn't on the TV. And at the time, I mean, this was quite a few years ago, but at the time, they were saying, you need to have a TV platform. And I thought, well, I don't want to be on TV, but I could create a platform (laughs) on Instagram. And that's why I started originally. But like I say, there has been lots of positives through being on Instagram, but it's come to the point now where I, I realized that I've gone down a few wrong paths I, at one point, I got so, take, I, I was taken over so much by Instagram, I was thinking, you know, I could go down the influencer route and doing sponsored posts and things like that. And you think, oh, yes, cash, you know, this really helps because when you're writing a book, there's no guarantee that it's going to be published and you'll earn from it. And you need something And, you know, you can't live on fresh air, can you? You need something to keep you going while you're writing. But the thing is with me, I was putting more of my energy into that side of things. And it was only this year, actually, when I was walking the dogs with my husband and we were talking about all these different things. And I would have these thoughts and I'd be journaling and then we'd go out in the evening for this dog walk. And I said to him, look, I'm spending two and a half days a week on my YouTube videos, which I loved to do. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the creativity of it. I like writing the scripts, the the filming, not so much, but I like editing it afterwards. Um, I I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, But I think two and a half days a week. And yes, I did become monetized. So I started to earn from it, not a lot. I mean, we're talking pounds here, but um, it made me realize that, again, this could be a lockdown thing, but your time is precious. And if I want to pursue this writing path, then why am I spending two and a half days a week on YouTube? And then another maybe half day to a day on Instagram, if you count up all the different sections of time that you've done. Um, So that leaves me two clear days to write. And then we have the children. So I'm taking them to school, picking them up. And, you know, your time starts to become smaller and smaller. You think, well, hang on a minute. What am I doing here? And that's when I... During that time when I came off Instagram, I had a clearer idea of what I wanted to do. And I thought, right, I had no intention of coming off YouTube at the time. That was a complete accident. Um, but 
I thought, I want to be a writer. Why am I not making writing the core of what I'm doing? And that's when I decided I was going to expand more on Patreon and what I'm offering. I'm going to write an ebook. Um, I also have two other things waiting in the wings for when my projects, I've done one project, which I'll talk about, if you like, on the whole planning thing of what, how I do things. But I've also got other two other things that I'd like to do. And now I can see myself doing it rather than just talking about doing it on social media. Yes. Because there was, there was often a time where I would film my writing process, but as soon as the camera went away, this sounds awful, but as soon as the camera <laughs> went away, I would stop writing. I thought, well, I've captured that for Instagram now, and I felt I'd done what I needed to do. And I think that's because, again, it's to do with my attention span. And I couldn't do it for – I couldn't get that focus I was struggling to get that focus. And even when the camera was on, I was aware it was there. You know, when you're doing a time lapse and you set it up above your head, so it's looking down on what you're doing, I was constantly aware that the camera was there. So then I wasn't getting into that deep work either. And um, it's been an interesting journey, actually, because since seeing this with what was happening within me I started to explore it further and I have come across a few books actually there was one called um how to break up with your phone and she talks about um how pick, keep when you keep keep picking up your phone it stops you from getting into that deep work and it you lose your focus. And then there is a book called Deep Work, which is by oh, Cal yeah. Newport. Yeah. Cal Newport, totally. Yeah. And another one called Brainwash, I think it is. But I've started to research all these different things now. And consequently, it's given me more to write about, which is quite, quite, quite a great thing, really. Um, and this, I guess, is what I meant by how Instagram has given me new topics to write about um but then coming off Instagram has also given me things to write about so I'm not going to be down on Instagram it's just I've it's I've come to a point now where I can see myself doing without it I think it's really empowering to do that because I I had this I was pacing around in my kitchen I find myself doing that a lot lately and thinking about like, okay, what do I really want to do here? And realizing that I've spent the last 19 years since I left a job track thinking I really wanted to be a writer. Mm. And I was so invested in the idea. Like you say, we always say mm. to ourselves, we can't live on fresh air. Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, yeah. You can't count on writing to pay your bills. That I was so invested in that story that I never even gave myself the chance to think, well, what if that was what I really wanted? What if I really wanted to make money from my writing? I didn't even give it a chance. And I mm. spent all this time taking day jobs, doing side projects, trying to do all this other stuff to say, okay, someday I'm going to make enough money so that I can really spend a lot of time writing rather than saying, why not just put writing at the center? Like you exactly. said, we exactly. don't, it doesn't occur to us to think no. of it that way. No. And I think, it, you know, we hear about um, magazines that 
are going um, and disappearing and newspapers not taking on so many people and 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 even when they do that it's not paying that well so you think well is there a career in writing and it's been a tough one for for me to get my head around because I always thought well if I did YouTube or if I did some influencer work on Instagram that's how I could get the money and it would enable me to continue with the, the, the writing but like you say put writing at the center and there are ways you can make a living well <laughs> make an income from it and this was this was a big thing for me really because I'm a bit like you it's been 15 years maybe no 16 years I started since I started writing and I thought this is something I'd like to pursue not knowing where it would lead me and um, I'm a little bit like you I've been writing now for 15 years or 16 years and I have never put writing at my center until the last year and that's not to say that I I'm completely writing all the time because I do take on clients. I do have mentees that I help um, with whatever creative project they've got going on. So that, in a way, um, you could say that's not writing. But for me, that's part of my writing in that it helps me... um, understand what their difficulties are and then that feeds into my non-fiction and into my essays because my essays are all about writing and um or creativity and confidence so um i explore that it's a very broad um theme but i explore that in my essays and then um so taking on clients does help me with that it's all um, research and understanding how different people work and um, yeah so writing is at my core and it's meant I can branch out into different things such as um, Patreon taking on clients um, I'm going to write an e well I am in the process of writing an ebook that I hope to put on my blog in the next few months and then after that I want to self-publish my essays. And then after that, um, I need to get my nonfiction proposal written. Um, so that's the really big one for me. But all these other things have is kind of leading up to that nonfiction because it all feeds into it, if that makes sense. It's, it um, does. Yeah. Yeah, but because I've put writing at the centre, all these other things sort of feeding off it all made sense. And it's meant I don't get distracted by things like somebody contacting me and saying, would you like to put our product on your Instagram? And I'd say, no, I don't do that anymore. Thank you very much. Um, And I don't get distracted by going down the, you know, putting videos on YouTube or or making a series of stories on Instagram. Um, It means I'm completely focused I know what my purpose is now yes that makes me so happy it makes me so happy I think because I I really feel like there 
it's like we get into this conundrum where the presentation of what it's like to be a writer becomes more important than actually writing. And the documentation takes over. And I have noticed like since my birthday in particular, I read a book sort of similar to the ones you're talking about. I love deep work. Um, I read one called Do Nothing by Celeste Headley about how we have, and it's sort of focused on an American experience, which despite my moving to Europe, you know, you can take the, the girl out of America, but um, <laughs> that severe anxiety about ever actually doing nothing, like ever slowing down. And so that it was this generation of busy work in order to feel like, oh, I'm productive, but it wasn't productive. Like you said, we go back to the beginning of, and, and that actually sitting down and writing doesn't always feel that productive. It's small steps, it's little things, it's staring off into space. It's, and, and so that doesn't feed that productivity addict that we've all become. So things like taking a pretty picture of the desk does, <laughs> and then you get nice grades from people, you know, you get little stars and all of these things. Yeah. So we, it's yeah. so hard to break up with that, but mm. ultimately there's very little to show for it if you don't. Yeah. Absolutely. And funnily enough, going back to your do nothing, I was walking the dogs this morning and I was thinking about our conversation, how it might go today. And I walked past a field of sheep and they were all sitting down. And it's not very often you see that. Normally there's a few walking about or whatever. And I thought that would take a really good photograph for Instagram. <laughs> and then I but I don't do that anymore. And I carried on walking. I looked at it with my eyes, made me smile, and I carried on walking. But what it actually did was I noticed that I carried on thinking about what I would be talking to you about, which was all about my work and things like that. And then I started thinking about how I could write about this or I could write about that. And so instead of being seen doing something by taking that photo and then standing there for a moment while I put a little caption on it and then uploaded it to Instagram stories or wherever I continued with my thinking and I thought well that's that's just the perfect um situation here that I have actually just seen myself do something that I now write about that I now talk about and it, it was really it reminded me of a time when I would do my walk but I would stop and take photos and all the time you're doing that you sort of feeling you know sort of tight in your chest because you're trying to do lots of things and you're not allowing yourself to just do nothing except to walk admire nature and allow your head to breathe, allow your mind to breathe and just collect your thoughts. And then that in turn impacts your writing once you get back to your desk. And when I got back to my desk, I opened up my A4 notebook and I scribbled so many things down, got it in front of me now. And I've got, <laughs> I've got these big um, pieces, these big bubbles and I've written all in it and I thought that's led to that and that's led to that and and all of a sudden I can see clearly and um just because the sheep 
were sitting down in the field and I managed not to take a photo. So it's it, it that was quite powerful for me to to realize that. And um yeah, yeah, it's um it's this being seen to do things. And coming back to your other point actually about um writing a novel seems to take such a long time and you don't feel you're getting anywhere. And you could write 2,000 words out of a 100,000-word novel and you think, gosh, that, that's not a lot. And you get to the end of the day and you think, well, I've still got to do 98,000 words. There's a long road ahead of me. So I know you mentioned my planning at the beginning and the mm. notebooks and this is something I've been trying to work out how I could approach this because I don't see a hundred thousand words. I see a very steep mountain and because of my lack of confidence over the past decade, I don't believe I can climb that mountain. The only way I could climb it is if I did it in small stages and that's, when I started breaking down my projects um, into clear, well, first of all, I broke the kind of mess of creativity that I would have facing me every morning. I would break that down into individual projects so I could see what I was doing. And then this led to me journaling my thoughts about these different projects, which then led to lots of other things that I talked about earlier. But then breaking these things down, I get, well, I came across another writer who would break all her projects down into tasks and put them on a Kanban board, mm -hmm. which was basically you've got to be done on one side, you've got in process in the middle and done on the far side. And I thought, oh, this looks really interesting. So I, I sort of looked into it. And what I did or what I'm doing is I take my projects. So like this ebook that I'm writing, um, I would break it down into, first of all, into the different sections and then what I needed to do. So there was three main sections and what I needed to do for each section. And I would write those on a post-it and put them on the to, to be done sheet of paper. I did mine on paper that I've got next to me. And um, so I'd have that. It's such a simple method, but when I was working on it, or when I'd done it, I then moved it over to the done section. And because I'd broken them down into such small tasks, I could see movement every day. And I felt like I'd achieved every day. So instead of seeing a big mountain in front of me, I saw a gentle slope. It was a, a wide slope and it went on for a while, but it didn't seem so daunting. And this is basically how I've become more productive with what I'm writing is just by simply breaking it down. And then I break it down into a monthly, weekly and daily task 
in my journal. Love it. And uh, yeah. And 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 then when I have breaks, so with the whole lockdown thing and then um, the family friend dying, I had a period of anxiety and I couldn't do much for a couple of months. But when I came back to my desk, I knew exactly where I was and what I needed to do because it was all there on my sheets with my post-its and my planning notebook telling me just what I needed to do. So helpful. I love the process journal. I'm always hawking the process journal to my students and my clients. And some of them get into it and some of them are like, oh, I I barely have enough time to write. And you're giving me another thing to do that's not writing. And I'm like, believe me, you're going to thank me when you have this in the future. Do you know when you get to your desk, I don't know if you're the same as me, but when I get to my desk in the morning, had my breakfast, done the dogs, all that. And then I sit there and I think, oh, crikey, what do I do now? (laughs) And I pull out my planning notebook and I start my day just by going through what I want to achieve that month, what I have said I'd like to achieve that week, and then work out what I could achieve that day. And it sets me up for the day. And it it takes me five minutes now, a little bit longer at the beginning of each month and a tiny bit longer on every Monday when I plan out my week. But just that act of planning out my day is enough to motivate me and to say, right, I can do this. This is just a small chunk of my, you know, I've just got to write this section in my ebook. I can do this today and get that done. And then when you tick it off and it's done, and then you move your little poster over to the done side, such a great feeling. And I do think you do, you have to celebrate these small wins because otherwise, um, you know, if it takes you a year to write a book, it's a long time until you can celebrate. So you have to celebrate along the way, everything that you've done. Yeah, you have to practice celebrating early too, because the problem Mm. with things that happen in small steps, I find, is that the critic has a really short memory. So, you know, you get to the end and you do the last bit, whatever it is, even if it's, if it's 500 words or whatever. And then you say, oh my goodness. And then you're expected to celebrate the entire year. Well, your critic's going to say, well, what are you so excited about? You just wrote 500 words. What's the big deal? And you think, no, no, no. I did that like 2000 times, man. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't go back that far. So if you don't celebrate along the way, you don't develop, you have to develop the ability to celebrate just as much as you develop the ability to write and be creative, <clears throat> excuse me, to be creative and show up. That's part of it too. I mean, this is something I've noticed with me and it's also something I've noticed with my clients in that they've done something that has been a huge stumbling block for them and they've managed to do it and they're like well what's next and I'm like hang on a minute just give yourself <laughs> on the back what you've achieved but whether it's because they're comparing themselves to what other people have done or or whatever but they just think right I've done that I need to go on to the next thing and um and, and yeah, they don't, it was such a huge thing for them to do. You know, there was a big mental block there, but they've done it. And um, 
yeah, you have to take a moment just to say, well done, you know, done that. That's a good thing. And then go on to the next thing. Otherwise, Absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it's never, it's, it's, we have these ideas about what it's going to feel like mm. when we finish writing a book and we think, Oh, if only I could write a book, you know, and then, and then you do, and you realize that it doesn't necessarily feel like your, if only picture. Um, so you kind of have to celebrate what it does feel like and really celebrate it. And also to know that like, it's an ordinary thing that you can break down into small steps like anything else. Yeah, absolutely. It's a simple thing, but it works. Definitely. Mm. Oh, I could keep talking to you all day. This has been so fun. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that we've, we've had this time. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been, yes, this year has been a roller coaster. It's had an impact on the creativity and there has been times when I couldn't write. Um, but there's also been times that it's given me time to pause, to reflect, to, to verbalize with my husband that, that everything that was going on in my head and to get these things down in my journal and come through it with a clearer path. So... Um, you know, I'd rather this year hadn't happened this way, but if I could take one positive from it, it's that, in that it's given me time to really see what it is that I want to pursue and what my purpose is. And that is, like we said, putting writing at the center and then everything else comes from around that. I couldn't put it better. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash secretlibrarypodcast. You can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C-A-R-O-D-O-N-A-H-U-E. I look forward to chatting with you there. See you next week. Until then, happy writing. Happy writing.